everybody. It's Rob Reed of the PlayerTrack.com podcast. Today, the third installment of 2010. We've gone over the outfielders, we've gone over the first baseman, and today it's the second baseman. Thank you again for joining me, everybody. Welcome to the PlayerTrack.com podcast, the third installment, and today the second baseman. We are fully underway as this is coming out on Wednesday, February 17th. Congratulations, everybody. You've made it. You've survived the offseason, and today is the first day of pitchers and catchers reporting. First off, some announcements. The Fantasy Baseball Index is now available, and I'm listed in there as an expert. I only had to pay a few hundred bucks for that luxury, and uh, I'm happy that I did because it gives me like my 30 minutes of fame. Got my 15 minutes last year, get another 15 minutes. But true to form, you know, you can call me a moron for this. Um, or that it's simply just harder to be considered an expert here in this industry now because everyone's getting too savvy with the BABIPs and the contact rates and the strand rates and all of that good stuff. Because I said the NL only player who I felt would be drafted late, who is more likely to get you first round value, is Ricky Nolasco. Because I thought, well, you know, all of his peripherals indicate that he should have been much better, but his ERA is like five. Your average inexperienced fantasy player is going to look at the five ERA and move on to somebody else. And then I find out in the magazine they've ranked Ricky Nolasco as the 10th best pitcher in all of baseball. You see, that this is the kind of hilarity you're going to get on this podcast. You're going to get a lot of those things that you can call me on, but occasionally, you know, it happens. One out of, you know... Every five times, maybe, I, I say something good, and I think that the podcast will be worth it just for that. And today, we're going to be looking at the second baseman, the top 15 second baseman in all of baseball, according to Player Track 2009, minimum 150 at bats last season under proration. I'll do proration uh, so we can potentially see some uh, surprises. And minimum 20 games played at the position. Now, as I'm about to do this, my opinion is that second base is almost as difficult to fill a spot as shortstop. Last season, I came to that conclusion first, and then as soon as I did shortstop the next week, I changed my mind. Now, we'll see how it goes by the end of next week, but I actually feel, I mean, when we look at these players, it drops off pretty substantially pretty quick, and there were a lot of good shortstops last season. Some surprises, and maybe when all is said and done, because some of those surprises I don't think can keep it up, it's probably going to help me change my mind. But there is a guy we've already talked about in outfield, Ben Zobrist, who we're going to be talking about briefly today. If you want to hear more about Ben Zobrist, you can uh, listen to the outfield podcast. But the point is that I think that some of my analysis will probably convince me that, that some of the players from last season just can't cannot be the same kind of players and have the same amount of value this year. We'll see how that goes, but I think it's worth uh, starting right now with the top 15 second baseman all of baseball last season under proration at playertrack.com. We begin the analysis with the aforementioned Ben Zobrist. Ben Zobrist, you can hear on the Outfield podcast, the first one that I did two weeks ago. 
And to briefly go over his statistics again, a 297 batting average, a 405 on base percentage, 91 runs scored, 27 home runs, 91 RBIs, 17 stolen bases. This is a guy who was five category wonderful especially for a second base position, shortstop position, which he would have qualified for last year, outfield. I mean, the multi-position eligibility and everything he did was just freaky good. And out of the second baseman, he was 11th out of 58 in batting average, 90, uh, sorry, he was 5th in RBIs, he was ninth in runs scored, 6th in home runs, and 18th in stolen bases. And that translated to a guy who almost by a landslide, was was one of the best uh, players in all of baseball, let alone one of the best second basemen. Now, Notoriously, who comes in at number two, has been the uh, best second baseman for a number of years, um, or at least in that top two, top three. Another guy who I really like a lot, we'll talk shortly, Ian Kinsler. He's somebody who I, I always uh, have liked to target and will probably continue to target uh, this year. Coming in at number two, though, is not Ian Kinsler. It is a guy who has always appeared in the top here since he has has come into the league, and I'm talking about Chase Utley. Way back in 2004, when he came up for the first time with his 267 at-bats, PlayerTrack ranked him under proration as the fifth-best second baseman in all of baseball. And some folks thought, well, it's a little early to tell. He only hit 266 then. And he came back in 2005 in 543 at-bats to be ranked under uh, proration as the first-best second baseman, the best second baseman in all of fantasy baseball, and the seventh-best overall player. Uh, so player track proved me right then. He broke out, went from a 266 average to 291, from a 308 on base percentage in 2004 to, to 376. And since then, he really, the bottom line hasn't looked back. He started the season last season with a lot of worry for folks. And I was able to keep, I had a choice of keeping Chase Utley for $20. Um, actually, for $25, he had cost 20 I can keep him for $30 this year because, as we talk, uh, that I believe second base is a slim position that I, I may very well have to keep Chase for 30 But the problem with him last season, a lot of people were worried, was because he had that hip issue and he had hip surgery late. And there was uh, they were unsure whether he was going to be able to play at all. And it turned out that he, or at least for a while, until like May, turned out he was able to start. And he got more at-bats than expected, really. What I said in February of last year, um, uh, over just over a, a year ago, uh, I said that, uh, is he still a first-rounder with the hip surgery? And I said, yes. I, I, at least goals to start the season. If memory serves, I think he did, or he, maybe he missed a week. Could be wrong on that, so feel free to correct me, Rob, at playertrack.com. Um, I was hoping for 500 at-bats, and I felt that $25, which is what I could have kept him for, was a steal with that many at-bats, and he ended up getting 571 at-bats. The 31 home runs was great. He only had 36 less at-bats than he had the previous year. And in the previous year, in 2008, if you remember, he just tore it up at the start in that first half. He was hitting a home run all the time and uh, just just ridiculously good. The greatest thing about his statistics last year is he started to run, um, and I, I'm not sure. I mean, he always ran. The previous year he had 14 stolen bases, and he had 16 in 2005, 15 in 2006. But he only had 9 in 2007. 
and then 14 last year. And so you, you figured, I figured him for, you know, 15 stolen bases when all said and done. And he had 23. He did not get caught stealing one time. So if you have stolen base uh, percentage, <laughs> this was the best in the business right here. I'm not sure he can continue to do that, but there is no sign. I mean, this is a guy that had hip surgery last year and in, in the preseason, really. And he, he still was just as good, if not better, than he was as a base dealer in other years. In uh, 2008, he stole 14 out of 16. 2007, 9 out of 10, 15 out of 19 in 2006. So 23 out of 23 stolen. It's pretty darn good, especially after hip surgery. So what can we say about Utley? Is it possible that he could be 30-30? I don't see why not. He's proven that he can run. The only thing is that people are going to be looking for him to run. Uh, because he was so effective. So that uh, is something that causes me some concern in terms of a possible regression and uh, the powers that be. I think Charlie Manuel still the uh, manager over there in Philadelphia that I probably would figure that folks are looking for him to run. And he may not run as much, but 14, 15 stolen bases, I figure, is a done deal. 30 home runs and 15 stolen bases is a done deal. He could uh, break out for over 100 RBIs again like he's had uh, in every in, in 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, he had more than 100 RBIs each of those years. Last year, just 93. That could be attributed perhaps to the hip. I'm not sure. But he is a 90-plus RBI player, more likely 100, just given uh, the, the previous history, over 100 runs. The issue of average we're looking at uh, between 280 and 290, I think, is exactly right. He did hit 332 in 2007, and I'm sure, as I've said in the past, that was a 368 batting average on balls in play that he had. In 2008, his batting average on balls in play was 306 and 607 at bats. Last season, 302, and that is hovering around league average. So I'd say, as a skill set hitter, very well could be around that figure. Uh, because he didn't, he had a little bit of a drop in his contact rate, so he struck out a little bit more last season than he did in 2008. His contact rate goes anywhere between 80 to 83 percent, which also is about league average. That shows how good he is, though. In, in the event that he gets a, a lot of luck, let's say that he uh, has a 360 batting average and balls in play again, like he had in 2007, he could get to the 320, 330 area. The bottom line is I'm not going to pay for him to get that, but because it's possible, that's that's cherries on top of the ice cream sundae. Everything else you, you just have to love, and I don't think there's much more than I need to say about Chase Utley. The greatest thing, one of the great things about player track, and especially the, the proration that I have fun with, and I, the reason I bring it up now is because three and four are two players that you definitely are, are going to look at as players who were not, off the uh, tip of your tongue uh, for second baseman when you think about it, but should, are worthy of consideration for you this year. And both of these guys, four, three and four, play for the same team, and that's the Anaheim slash Los Angeles Angels. Number three comes in as Maser is Sturis. Say what? Okay, I suppose that's deserved, but Maser Asturis had career highs in, I think, just about every single category. Let's let's move them on. The, the concern about Maser, before I talk about him too much, but he's worthy of discussion, is that Howie Kendrick is slated as the starting second baseman in the depth chart. We have Eric Ibar slated as the shortstop, and Brandon Wood at third. But you know what? Maser could get some time at third base. 
Uh, at least that's what I've read. He played five games at third base last season. If Brandon Wood, if you decide to take a chance on Brandon Wood, who I probably won't be talking about uh, the third base, uh, but I, I've, I've been high on Brandon Wood for a while. I think he could be decent. I'm not going to talk about him right now because we're focusing on second baseman. But if you do decide to take a gamble on Brandon Wood, Maser Asturias is arguably Brandon Wood insurance. Maser Asturias is a multi-position eligible player right now just at second and short uh, in, near the end of last season. I mean, what, he qualified at third base, and most leagues have five games played in a given season, and you qualify. So he would have qualified at third base, too. If, if your league allows five games appeared to qualify at that position, then he does already qualify at third base. Not a great third base option. Um, if if you're because in general you're looking for power there, but at second base, very interesting. The question is going to be whether he gets playing time. The bottom line in a deep AL only league, Mesa Asturias is a is a, a no brainer. Okay, he batted 300 last year, 74 runs scored and 387 at bats, hit eight home runs, hit 60 had 65 RBI, 13 stolen bases. And all with a 320 batting average on balls in play. Now that batting average on balls in play was just slightly over what it was in 2007 and 2006 when he hit 289 and 293 respectively. So he is between a 280 and 300 hitter. He could very well be if he's given playing time. Uh, one of the things I like about Maser is that his contact rate hovers around 90%. He doesn't strike out much, and so that's a plus. He will get you the stolen bases if he's got if he's given playing time. So you look at uh, Kendrick and decide whether he's going to be any good, and I will talk about him next because he's the other player. Might as well reveal that, and so just hang tight. Or if Eric Ibar doesn't do very well, um, it could be that they want to go and get a little extra pop, being as uh, Maser hit eight home runs last season. He could potentially get them close to 15, which is a lot better than the five that Eric Ibar got last year. So he's not a bad option. For me personally, AL only, obviously, because of amount of playing time. But you want to keep an eye out on him. Pro-rated, he would have been absolutely amazing if these are the statistics that he had all season. But rest, but realize that that's why he's here is because of proration. Playing time is a problem. Howie Kendrick, on the other hand, I don't think playing time is a problem. Howie Kendrick's a guy that I've been high on for a few years, um, particularly because he has shown the ability to hit for a, a very decent average. In three, uh, 338 at-bats in 2007, Howie hit 322, and that was all with a contact rate of 81%. Uh, that year, though, when he hit 322, he had a batting average and balls in play of 382. So you know that can't keep up, but it was 362 in 2008 and 340 at-bats, and last season it was 338 and 374 at-bats. The bottom line is the guy strikes out league average, but he can hit. When he connects with the ball, it goes for a hit more times than it would an average player and for that he's valuable he's had 11 stolen bases in each of the last two seasons and 340 374 at bats so given a full season with 600 at bats total 20 stolen bases is entirely in the cards the 10 home runs that he hit last year versus the three he hit and almost the same number of at bats in 2008 is very promising so a 15-15 season at the second base spot for Howie Kendrick could be in the uh, in the offing and that makes him very valuable and 
under proration. He was the 28th overall player in all of baseball last season. And on this squad, the Anaheim Angels squad, I've talked about him before in, in maybe both the previous two podcasts, but at least uh, in talking um, in talking last week when I was talking about Kendry Morales, about how much I like that lineup there and how much I like the Anaheim team uh, to do very well because they just have a lot of support there on the offensive side. Just really great options, and Howie Kendrick is definitely somebody for you to consider. Ian Kinsler comes in at number five. Ian Kinsler is a guy that I absolutely adore and always will. Why some folks may be down on him, particularly those who who have owned him in the last few years, is two out of the last three years he's hit sub-270. In 2007 he hit 263, and in 2009 he hit 253. Now, what may scratch cause you to scratch your head is that in 2008 he hit 319. So I was like, Rob, what happened? Well, his batting average on balls in play in 2008 was 339. In 2007 it was only 282. In 2009 it was only 245. In 2006 it was 310. I believe in 2007 and 2009. It's just coincidence they were so close together that Ian Kinsler had a ton of bad luck. And I would estimate that the batting average and balls in play he had in 2006, which was about league average, a little bit over 310, is a reasonable expectation. And if that's what happened last season, he would have easily hit 300 with a with simple average baseball player luck. His contact rate is very nice the last two seasons, so he struck out less. His contact rate in 2007 was 82% when he struck out 83 times and 483 at-bats. In 2008, 87%. In 2009, 86%. His uh, OPS was 890 in 2008, 811 in 2009. 31 home runs last season versus 18 and 518 at-bats in 2008. The jump in power is very remarkable, is very awesome, uh, and as long as he plays in the band box in Arlington, I don't think there's any stop in him barring injury. Another complaint I suppose that I would have about him is the fact that he last season was the most at-bats he was able to put together at 566, but in previous seasons the most was 518. It's as if he, he just has injury problems, and that's the thing that gives people a bad taste in their mouth. But he's still young. I think that because his batting average and balls in play was ridiculously low last season, that he is a whole package player who's going to produce first-round numbers. I really believe that, and you can get him later. Uh, I believe short, second base and short are very difficult uh, positions to fill, and if you got Ian Kinsel at your second base, you're already so far ahead of the game as long as he's healthy, but even if he's not, you know, when he had 483 at-bats in 2007, he had 20 home runs still, and with 23 stolen bases. The guy was a 30-30 last season, he gets a ton of stolen bases, uh, 26 in 2008, 31 last year, only caught stealing five times last year, only caught stealing two times in 2008, and two times in 2007 when he had 23 stolen bases. So there's no sign of any of that slowing down as long as he's healthy, and so the elements there in Texas in that lineup are awesome not too sure about their pitching staff but offensively they should be more than fine and so ian kinsler has a ton of protection and i honestly i see him as a top 10 player in the coming year along with chase utley moving on to number six is a guy who i'm pleased to see here he's an interesting player and he has been for a couple of years and i'm talking about robinson cano Uh, robinson cano 
in uh, trying. To, oh, it was in two thousand six. He hit three forty two, and people were like, oh, "Wow, here he comes!" Obviously, he followed a two ninety seven season, so it was like, "This guy can mash. He can hit, man!" And he's proven that to be the case. Some folks wondered. If you wondered, if you don't follow batting average on balls in play, in 2008, he only hit 271. So why was there that huge 30-point drop-off? Well, in 2008, Robinson had a 286 batting average on balls in play. In 2007, it was 331. 2009, 326. In 2006, 363. In 2005, it's 320. In an average year for Robinson Cano, he's a better hitter than most. You can expect that it would be about 320. Exactly what he did last season of a 320 batting average is something that we can reasonably expect um, anywhere between 300 and 320. Um, the contact rate is consistently in the high 80s. Last season it was 90%. So he struck out a few times less. Uh, the the uh, OPS went up. His number of home runs went up by 11 from the previous season and only 40 more at-bats. So there's everything to like about this guy except for uh, the fact that uh, Girardi's letting him run a little bit. He, he got five successful stolen bases out of 12 attempts last season. If uh, stolen base percentage is one of your categories it, it would cause me a slight concern but the other categories for a second base spot here just make Robinson Cano so exciting uh, to own and he's another player that I'd be more than happy to, to own the only thing is I think that the stolen base numbers are going to go down from the five I don't think that, that Girardi's going to want him to run and I'm not so convinced of the power just yet we'll see how that goes um, but Robinson is uh, definitely a player that I'm interested in. Another player I'm interested in is a guy who's always appeared in the top 10 at the second base position for the last uh, three years. Well, not top 10, but just hovering around it for the last few years. I'm talking about Brian Roberts. Brian Roberts had a uh, an up surge in his power following the 2004 season when in 641 at-bats he only had four home runs. The next season he came back and hit 18, then 10, then 12, then 9, then 16. That is a figure that with Brian Roberts, I can't tell what he's going to do. To be honest, I, I I just don't know. And in Baltimore, uh, Baltimore isn't the, the greatest offensive juggernaut. So in terms of support, he's not going to have a lot of it there. What you would get, at least in past years, Brian Roberts for is you got him for the stolen bases. Here's the problem is he's had a continual regression in stolen bases since 2007. Now it wasn't hard to regress after getting 50 stolen bases but he had a 10 stolen base drop in 2008 to 40 stolen bases and then last year was another 10. So he's had a regression of 20 stolen bases in the last two years and that's cause for concern in terms of his value but still getting 30 stolen bases is is definitely a wonderful addition to your squad. Second base position is probably the position that you want to start looking for stolen bases because there are a plenty there, as evidenced by everyone that I've mentioned so far, pretty much. And um, I think Brian Roberts is also a good uh, option for second base, there's no doubt. And maybe as we're going, I'm changing my mind in terms of uh, second base being a slim position again, and uh, at least not as slim as shortstop. Shortstop is like a top five, and then it drops off. Because Aaron Hill comes in at number eight. 
and Aaron Hill had a breakout year and was just ex- so exciting. A very exciting player to have because from the second base spot, a guy that hits more home runs than Chase Utley hits, who would have possibly imagined that? I mean, anyone that would have come out and said that Aaron Hill was going to hit more home runs than Chase Utley last season during the preseason, I would have thought, well, the only way that's going to happen is Chase's hip gets so bad that he doesn't come up until August. <laughs> you know, because in 205 at bats in 2008, Aaron Hill had two home runs. The biggest sampling that we had before that was 608 at-bats in 2070 at 17 home runs. So, okay, granted, power can be predicted, maybe 20 home run power, but 36 home run power, I'm sorry, no. And because of the huge jump in home run power evidenced from between 2008 to 2009, I'm not convinced this is for real, but that is a lot of home runs. He had six stolen bases last year, four the previous season, four the previous season, five before that. So anywhere between four and six stolen bases is reasonable, and that's uh, nothing to get too excited about for the second base position. But if you have stolen bases short up elsewhere, let's say you have a Jose Reyes on your team, man, I mean, then you don't really need second base stolen bases all that much. And if you can get home runs there, that'll make up for somebody like Jose Reyes. Aaron Hill was the 46th overall ranked player in all of player track under proration as well. And somebody asked me a question, this is Barlow, who I talk about a lot because he asks a lot of questions on player track. You could be mentioned on the player track podcast as well. You just have to ask questions in the player profile and I will mention it. Um, but he asked me if who I, I would choose between Aaron Hill and Adam Lynn. And obviously, they, they play different positions, so that has to play a part. And But the bottom line is because I believe shortstop's certainly a much slimmer position than outfield, that if you had a choice, I mean, you could always try and draft Adam Lynn if you don't keep him. But Aaron Hill, you have to keep for the, the potential at uh, with the power. The batting average was 286 last year. It was 291 in 608 at bats in 2007. It was 291 in 546 at bats. So the guy can hit. His contact rate is uh, in the mid 80s usually. He doesn't uh, strike out that much, which is a plus. And he has room for improvement with that batting average. That's the thing that I like about him too, because he had a 290 batting average in balls in play last season, and it was 327 in six uh, in 608 at bats in 2007. It was 323 in 2006. So in normal luck scenario, or at least normal scenario of how he usually is hit historically, I shouldn't say luck. Sorry about that. He could have hit 316 last year. And if he did that, he could have potentially been uh, somebody I would have mentioned in the top three today. And lastly, what I think is important to note is last year was his rule of 27 year. So, you know, the old rule of 27 comes up that that's about the point where a player peaks. Well, he certainly peaked, didn't he? Especially with that power. So take that into... uh, into your brain there and making your determination the power is definitely sexy the power is definitely something that that i like and why aaron hill as a second baseman uh juggernaut for fantasy is could potentially be here to stay i need another year of at least 25 plus home runs for me to get uh, super excited the next guy is a guy that i was super excited about after the 2007 year because that's when he hit 30 home runs and interestingly enough in the previous year he had 17 home runs uh, in, a, in a little bit more uh, number of at-bats than aaron hill had when he had 17 in 2008 but brandon phillips 
went from 17 home runs to 30 home runs just like that and then fell back down to 21 home runs and then 20 last year. Now, granted, he had 650 at-bats in 2007 and 559 in 2008 and 584, but he, Brandon has shown that he is more of a 20 home run hitter and not the 30 that we expected in 2007, at least expected in 2008, because I didn't see any reason why uh, he wouldn't continue that. He was 30-30 in 2007, 21-23 in 2008, and 20-25 in 2009. There's more of the same, uh, I would expect, in terms of his batting average, he has shown that at best in 2006 and 2007, his batting average on balls in play averaged out at about 305, 306, which again is about league average. In the last two years, in 2008, it was 281 and it was 288 in 2009. So either that's a symptom of being unlucky, and it's harder to argue when that happens back to back. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see a 20-point jump in batting average and balls in play, which means that the 288 that he had in 2007 could very well happen again. He hit 276 last season. 275 plus is a done deal. So if you get a 2020 guy second base with 275 plus, then he's a great option as well. The plus side on Brandon Phillips is that his contract rate went up, so he started to strike out less. That definitely is interesting. He had a jump up in his OPS. And so that was a definite plus as well. It was only slight, though. It was about 20 points. A slugging percentage just a jump up of only about five points. Uh, five triples versus seven the previous season. But he had 98 RBIs last season as well. And it might be a situation where he needs somebody like a Jay Bruce to come out. Certainly Joey Votto is awesome. We've talked about him before in the first baseman um, podcast briefly because uh, Joey Votto was one of the top five in all of baseball at first base according to the overall rankings in the last five years in terms of percentage of available fantasy points that he got as against everybody else. So Brandon Phillips, uh, this is what I said before last season. I said he's one of the best in the business as far as I was concerned even still and in fantasy at second base. Uh, He lost the last three weeks of the 2008 season uh, due to a broken finger and I said that his batting numbers and balls in play reflected a 20-point drop that is likely to see uh, a bump in his average to 280 levels. So I came close because he hit 276. I felt that he was still worth a second-round pick at this dif- difficult position to fill. As we're seeing as we go along, it's not as difficult a position, especially, I mean, we're talking about right now the ninth overall second baseman. And if I were to get Brandon Phillips, I'd be a happy camper at second base with the ninth uh, potential. Uh, number 10 comes in as uh, kind of a surprise here under proration. He was a pleasant surprise for me, talking about Casey McGahee in Milwaukee, who had 22 appearances at second base last year, 71 at third, which was his primary. He had three uh, appearances at first base, one in the outfield. But in my NL only league, I picked up Casey as sort of just a shot in the dark near the beginning of the season just because he happened to be available and uh, I knew that Bill Hall was doing so poorly, and I thought, well, this is some form of insurance, maybe. And it worked out for me, fortunately, because he ended up hitting 301 with 16 home runs and 58 runs scored, 66 RBIs. He's caught st- uh, stealing two times, so he isn't much of a stolen base threat. The question becomes, what kind of hitter is he potentially? And last season, he had a 335 batting average on balls and plates. It's too early to tell whether that is a skill set 
but the plus side is if he's more of a – if he hits a batting average in Boston play of league average, the biggest drop I'd figure is maybe 30 points in average. So he's probably anywhere between 270 and 300, probably more likely a, a 280 hitter, assuming that he gets uh, playing time next year. And looking at the depth chart from Milwaukee, he is penciled in as the starting third baseman. So actually, again, here's player track proving valuable because I really didn't realize that, that uh, Casey was – eligible at second base is he becomes a pretty good option there um 355 at bat 16 home runs shows the potential for 25 plus home runs and if you can get that kind of quality out of a a second base position and close to a 300 average that's something to get excited about i'm going to lastly add because it's worthy of merit that the 279 ish that i predicted uh he could fall back down to that is exactly what his minor league batting average was through six seasons uh, was 279 in Iowa AAA Iowa for the Cubs in 497 at bats in 2008 he hit 296 so um, there's a lot to like here and other people in your league may not realize that he qualifies at second base so use that to your advantage particularly in NL only leagues Number 11 comes in, and that's Dustin Pedroia. And I suspect Pedroia in uh, raw rankings would be higher. Uh, so he appears here because some folks with lower at-bats uh, surpass him under the concept of proration. But Dustin Pedroia, the 2008 MVP, people probably figured that last season was a down year uh, and, and didn't meet their expectations. Maybe some people figure that, and that's just because of a 30-point drop in batting average. But uh, that wasn't entirely unforeseeable, being as a batting average on balls in play resorted back to uh, just under league average of 300. Uh, granted, in 2007-2008, it was in the 330s. So at some point in time, you figure that Dustin Pedroia will have a, a year where he's not as lucky. Now, I think that a two ni- anywhere between 290 and 320 is what we're going to get from Dustin Pedroia. We're going to get 20 stolen bases, which is what he's had both of the last two seasons. You're going to get uh, over, 100 and, uh, over 100 runs scored easily, probably over 110, which he had 118 in 2008, 115. is playing for the Red Sox. And you're going to get RBIs that are between 70 and 80 and about 15 home runs. I mean, his 2008 MVP season was almost exact as his 2009. It's just that he had uh, league average, batting average on balls in play. Uh, the other factor, though, is he, he did run more than he did the previous season, so that's something to raise an eyebrow. He was caught stealing eight times out of 28, and he was only caught stealing one time out of 21 in 2008. Um, but even then, that doesn't make me raise an eyebrow that big. Dustin Pedroia is a second baseman who I would really like to have on my squad because he's going to be consistent. What you see is what you get with Dustin, and that is good. The next player coming in at number 12 is a guy who helped me a lot, believe it or not, in the 2008 season because he had such a poor season in the first half of 2008 that all of the peripherals indicated that, and player track that his batting average was going to go up. I think he was hitting like 190 or something, if memory serves, at the break. And he had a, a fairly decent batting, or it was a batting average in balls in play that was pretty awful that I felt had nowhere to go but up. Considering the fact that he was a historically, at least in 2007, I'm talking about Asdrubal Cabrera, by the way, he had an 84% contact rate. And that, and that's what happened. His second half, Asdrubal's second half in 2008, helped me to salvage a third-place uh, result 
in um, my money league. And so, I mean, he almost single-handedly helped me out there uh, with the batting average that I know he batted over 300 the rest of the way in the second half. So was the 308 batting average that he had in 2009 a huge surprise for me? Not necessarily. I mean, the potential was there being as he had a half season where that's pretty much what he hit. But here's the cause for concern with that old Asder ball. Number one, he had six home runs. Uh, in, two th- in 523 at-bats last year. He had six home runs and 350 at-bats the previous year. So he's anywhere between six and ten home runs, probably soaking wet. Uh, the thing that's r- really nasty is that he had a 362 batting average on balls in play. In 2007, those batting average on balls in play in 478 at-bats was 355. There's a potential that he, Asderball is, I could expect on a skill set level, could be 330, 340. Pretty darn good hitter, actually. It looks, maybe that's a little bit deceptive, but I do think that he had uh, more luck than usual last year. 362 is really high. Um, and with 330, though, a 330 batting average on balls in play, I could see him hitting 290, 300 again. So that's not the worst option. What made Asderball more valuable last season was the fact that he had a career high in stolen bases. He stole 17 of 21, and that was a plus. The power's too little to get super excited about. But if you get a guy at second base, a difficult position uh, to fill with with studly stats across the board, a 290-300 average with uh, 17 to 20 stolen bases, and not killing you in the other categories, maybe close to 10 in home runs, is not bad, is not bad. But if he goes and suffers like he did in 2008 in the first half, he could just slaughter you. You just really need to monitor that and see what uh, the tendency is for him. If he has a terrible first half, I might consider stashing him if I had him in a uh, farm team squad. I pretty much consider Asderball a, a, a solid ale-only option uh, with a little bit of downside in terms of the average, um, but pretty much what you see is what you get there. I'm not totally convinced on the speed factor, but it was pleasant to see. Ian Stewart comes in at number 13, and Ian Stewart is another player who uh, had a tough time that first half, and it sort of uh, extended all throughout the year. I find Ian Stewart to be a really interesting option, though, and I'll tell you why, and it comes down again to, to batting average on balls in play. In, two, in 2008, the batting average on balls in play for Ian was 364, and that was through 266, uh, 266 at-bats, when he hit 259. Now, that was a real high figure considering the low batting average. But last season, his batting average on balls in play was only 275, and he hit 228. So, is it possible for Ian to still hit in, say, the 250s? I would say yes. I think 228 was way too low. But the excitement that you can get out of Ian Stewart is the fact that he's slated to start at third base for Colorado, that he has second base eligibility also, as I'm talking about now, that he had uh, seven stolen bases last season, which were cheap, which were nice to get from a third base spot, uh, potential for 10 to 15 stolen bases given a first uh, a full season, and the kind of number of stolen bases that won't hurt you too much in a, a second base position where stolen bases are, you want to find stolen bases. 25 home runs last year, though, indicates Ian Stewart could be a 30 home run potential hitter. It's just that batting average is the thing to be worried about. I would take a flyer on Ian Stewart. Absolutely a no-brainer in NL only leagues, but I might take a flyer on him in a 
uh, in, on a farm squad in my money league in particular because of the power potential that you can get for next to nothing. A lot of people are going to pay a lot of attention to that batting average and find Ian Stewart to be a guy that, that won't even be on, in their sights. And so that's why he's worth uh, looking, especially for the second base eligibility. I said top 15. I'm, I'm going to ignore 14 and 15. I don't really, the two, those two guys, I don't really have much to talk about. But in looking at some of these other fellows uh, with a lot of potential, Mark Ellis is a guy that I've been high on, uh, especially a few years ago when he did very well. Mark Ellis is slated to start at second base for Oakland. Oakland's really, really weak, really, really weak uh, offense there. So he's not going to get a lot of help, but he went 10-10 last year in only 377 at-bats. Uh, where he showed a lot of promise was at the end of 2007 when he had 19 home runs, and that was nearly a full season, and he hit 276. So your best-case scenario, you're looking at a 2007-type season, and being slated as the starter means you, know, you get at-bats, so a 2007 result is not entirely out of uh, question. In fact, I think that's pretty much what you could see, and that would make him a fairly decent um, especially as a second short in deep leagues, somebody to think about in, uh, in AL-only leagues definitely as well. Um, Clint Barnes, the deer meat guy, is a guy who I think is due for uh, nothing but upside. He is slated as the starting second baseman. And again, we're talking Colorado. And the fact that he had the power upsurge to 23 home runs when his previous high power output was 11 that he had in 393 at-bats in 2008, as long as this guy stays away from the deer meat, 25 home runs and 15 stolen bases are definitely in the cards. He only hit 245 last year, but it was, as I said many times with Clint Barnes, that I felt that he was the recipient of a lot of bad luck, and it is proven in the batting average and balls in play. In uh, 2008, he had a 329 batting average on balls in play. In uh, 2006, it was 246. In 2005, it was 299. I would expect to see about 300. And if he were to get a 300 batting average on balls in play, his batting average would be much closer to 270 than it would it is or was to 250 last season. Expectation for Clint Barmas could be 270 batting average, 15 stolen bases, 25 home runs, and all of that for the second base position is also very worthy. Jose Lopez is worth mentioning in Seattle. Uh, Seattle's done a lot of work in the offseason to get better. He hit uh, Jose hit 272 last season with only a 274 batting average on balls in play. For a lot of people, I think that 272 batting average was a disappointment. He hit 287 sorry, 297 the previous season when his batting average on balls in play was 311. And it was 312 in 2006. And so I think based on that, it was an aberration of 269 in 2007 when he only hit 252. I think Jose could easily hit close to 300 once again, given league average luck. His contact rate is too high to have a batting average on balls in play of 27%. As far as I'm concerned, it's 88 to 89% the last two years. So that will definitely go up. But he's getting older. Plus side with Jose Lopez is I did not expect him to get 25 home runs last year. He had 17 the previous season. So he had an upsurge in power, and that makes him pretty exciting considering that he plays in a place that isn't known for uh, allowing or for producing a lot of power necessarily. It's a pitcher's ballpark. So 
Jose Lopez, definitely somebody who is going to be lower than he should be on the totem pole. Another person who will probably be lower on the totem pole than he should be because the previous season he was pretty darn good. I'm talking about Kelly Johnson, who's now with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I believe that he is slated as the, uh, I want to make sure, as the starting second baseman for the Diamondbacks, at least right now, on the depth charts. So you'll bear with me. I will uh, wait as that's loading. But Kelly Johnson, last season, an 82% contact rate, only a 249 batting average on balls in play. In uh, 2008, his batting average on balls in play in 547 at bats was 344. In 2007, it was 330 in 521 at bats. I think 320 to 330 is entirely reasonable, meaning that the 287 that he hit in 2008 and 276 in 2007 are entirely reasonable figures for you to expect given a full season. And you know what? He's I would consider him a sleeper to hit the 300 mark to actually hit 300, and a lot of folks aren't going to see that coming based on the fact he had 224 last season. He could get you 10 stolen bases, maybe even more. He was on pace for 14 last year, and he could get you 15 home runs. He had 16 home runs in 2007, 12 in 2008. He was on pace for about 16 again last season, and uh, doesn't get thrown out. He didn't at least seven. He stole seven out of nine last year. So Kelly Johnson is a guy that I'm definitely interested in because a lot of people might be forgetting about him, and he is slated to start for the Diamondbacks, and that's a nice uh, part to hit in, and we could see maybe an uptick in the power, and that definitely makes it worth, him worth it as well. I'm going to close this podcast on second baseman now. After that, just looking at those briefly, you can subscribe to the draft kit and get access to all these statistics and ability to rank and compare players according to 20-plus different statistical categories, including isolated power, contact rate, uh, batting average and balls in play, stolen base percentage, number of hits, number of strikeouts, total bases, uh, strikeouts per walk, and of course the standard 5-5 stuff. It's incredibly valuable system that I designed ultimately for myself, and I'm sharing it with the public because I found it to be very useful for me, and... Therefore, I thought it'd be useful for others and could make me a, a few bucks. For only $9.99, you can get the draft kit, and that goes all the way through April 30th when there will be the first update of the season on May 1st where I uh, will put all the statistics in and, and compare players through the first month to see who's had luck, uh, bad luck, uh, and good luck and where we can expect uh, potential regressions. So take a look there. Please help me out in the player profiles. Every player profile, you can ask me questions there. I've written recent player profiles on Julio Borbon, Rick Porcello, Yard Jurgens, John Danks, Kevin Millwood, Aaron Hill, Zach Greinke, Xavier Nady, Chris Getz, uh, Ricky Nolasco, Brett Anderson, Jimmy Rollins. I've written a lot of updates so far this year, and I need your help. If you have opinions on players or you have questions, by all means, go there, post the message. I will see it, and you may very well be mentioned on the next podcast. I can be reached at rob at playertrack.com. You can ask me questions. You can also check out baseballgeeks.com. If you have your own blog, you can submit links to your blog entries at baseballgeeks.com. We still get a number of hits there. I still am planning an amazing major overhaul of that entire website but for now it's still going on and i think this podcast will be in conjunction with the baseballgeeks.com podcast in the future this show will be replayed next wednesday at uh 
blogtalkradio.com slash player track every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I replay the last podcast and you get to uh, listen to a 15 to 20 minute live session at the end of that where I will take live questions whether it's in the chat room or whether you're calling the Blog Talk Radio live line, the number of which I will give in a second. We've got about 10 minutes probably to answer questions in the chat room and on the phone at Blog Talk Radio if you're listening on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you everybody for listening. Next week I'm going to be doing the short stops. I thank you for your support and check out Player Track again, coupon code in Fantasy Baseball Index Magazine, and check them out because I really like the simplicity of that magazine. And of course, when they make me an expert, I guess I sort of have to say that. God bless you, everybody. I will be talking to you next week.